It should not be a surprise to any of us when I say that we are not angels. We are not disembodied spirits. We are flesh and blood creatures. We think, we imagine, we communicate in this incarnate world through material signs that point to realities beyond themselves. Such tangible signs and symbols speak to us and we speak through them. Not just about ordinary things, but about extraordinary truths that sometimes even words cannot capture. Since this is true, in ordinary discourse, it is even more profoundly true when we engage our religious imagination. As a liturgical people, the use of the language of sign and symbol is foundational for creating prayers, sharing reflections, exercising devotions, and meaning-making. How could we approach mystery without bread, wine, flame, oil, incense, all manner of gesture and poetry? Our sacramental rituals and our communal prayers would suffer a terrible poverty, and our probing of the divine would be without color or beauty or spirit. On this feast, when we honor the sacred hearts of Jesus and Mary, we speak so tenderly of one of the touchstones, touchstones of our Christian spirituality, the human heart. Our ordinary conversa conversations are filled with such references to the heart, heartfelt sympathy. For heaven's sakes, have a heart. We need to have a heart to heart talk. You have a heart of gold. I think my heart is in the right place. None of these phrases are really comments about the physical organ that we all share, but about something deeper, perhaps elusive, but understandable all making reference to that wonderfully complex side of our human nature. The scriptures we know are also filled with references to the heart. Harden not your hearts, the prophet says. The Lord looks into the heart. I will take away your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Mary 
pondered all these things in her heart. Love God with your whole heart. Blessed are the pure of heart. These expressions allow us to explore a deeper level of relationship with the person who speaks or the person who is spoken about. So this is so easy for us to grasp that we are very much at home with the phrase, the sacred heart of Jesus, the immaculate heart of Mary. Both phrases are pregnant with meaning for us. And our imagination allows us an astonishing breadth of insight and affection. Artists and poets have given us a number of symbols attached to the hearts of Jesus and Mary. A cross, a sword, a ring of fire, a wounded heart with a crown of thorns. And in every one of these depictions, we grasp the single most remarkable trait of the human heart. The heart is the origin, the source, and the habitus of love. We can no more imagine love without a heart or a God without love. John, in his first letter and in his gospel today, says that over and over again. And it's this truth that lies at the heart of discipleship. In December 2001, the Congregation for Divine Liturgy and Discipline of the Sacraments published a document called Directory on Popular Piety and the Liturgy. And one of the key principles in that document was to state that all devotions are rooted in the liturgy and take their cue from the purpose of the liturgy. And one of the purposes of the liturgy is to send us forth to be disciples, to commission us to be Christ-like. In other words, to have a heart. Maybe that's the phrase that captures not only Jesus' earthly ministry, but his mandate to the disciples. He could have saved us four Gospels by simply saying, have a heart. Goodbye. So this means that our devotions, like to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, are ultimately intended to be more than a pious moment. They are mission moments. They call us to cry out where love is missing, where people are mocked or marginalized, where hospitality is withheld, where children are abused, where justice is not done and mercy is not given. 
There may have been a reason. I don't know it. Why Mother Clara chose this title for the community of women religious that she founded. Maybe it was to counter all of the other titles related to the Franciscan worldwide community. But I think I'd be safe in saying, judging from her work and her spirit, that she didn't intend to form quiet witnesses to the love of God in the world. I think I might be right. Her tenacity was that of Jesus who never failed to call out those who reserved their attention for the few and the pious. Her unbending determination to do God's will was a loud and sustained echo of Mary's fiat. In his sermon, The Heart of Christ, Monsignor Ronald Knox wrote, quote, a sacred heart is the treasury of splendid and noble thoughts. The treasury of splendid and noble thoughts, end of quote. It was the heart of Jesus that raged in driving the merchants out of the temple area. The heart that loved the rich young man. It was the father's heart that forgave the prodigal son and the virgin's heart that gave us incarnate love. There is no statue, no picture, no sculpture, no image, no poem on earth that can portray such divine beauty and human wonder. Only the hearts of disciples can do that. To all the daughters of the sacred hearts of Jesus and Mary, I say thank you for being those disciples.